I get a lot of people asking me how we were blessed to walk away from corporate America in our early 30s. Well, listen, I don't want to keep that a secret. I want to share it with the world. And so maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to figure out how do I even get started on my journey of entrepreneurship and getting to a level of freedom? Well, text the word freedom to 737-777-9909. Enter your information in. And we look forward to sharing some information with you, a proven system with small overhead, right? That you can do part-time spare time right from the comfort of your home and have amazing mentors, coaches, and a community of entrepreneurs who are willing to support you and help you on your journey to freedom. Welcome to Code Freedom. I'm your host, Eddie Bales. Have you ever felt stuck? Have you ever felt like there's got to be more to life than the reality that you see every day? Tune in weekly, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays as we crack the codes to freedom in every area of your life. Well, welcome to Code Freedom. This is Eddie Bells, and I have a special guest with me today on episode 108. We have Mr. David Quaterbaum. And uh, David Quaterbaum has been a great friend of mine for many, many years now, probably only over 10 years, right? Maybe 15? Yes, maybe 15. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's uh, pretty cool. Uh, you know, we are business partners, but also great friends. And, um, you know, matter of fact, you guys have heard me say uh, on this podcast when we talked about marriage, it's about the... Uh, it's about the marriage, not the wedding. And he's the one that said that. So uh, he has no idea how many times I've quoted that to other people. So I appreciate that nugget that I got, what, 10 years ago uh, from him when I got married. So uh, so anyway, welcome to the show, Mr. David Quaterbaum. Thank you, sir. I count it as an honor. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. Happy to have you here. And so this episode is, late, is titled uh, Phone Home Dad to at-home dad. And, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about, first off, your your background, you know, who you are, um, and then we'll kind of lead into our title after that. Sure, well, my name is David Quattlebaum. Um, originally from Washington, D.C. Um, now I live in upstate New York. I um, My background is that of, a, I, I would say, a child that was raised by a, a strong mom and a, a, a dad that we saw on weekends, but still um, had some input in our upbringing and um, a strong family that of believers. And uh, so we had a good footing, good foundation on what's right and what's wrong, what's our guideline. Um, and I had a mom who was not a friend, but she was a mom, meaning she loved like a mom, uh, she cared like a mom, but she disciplined like a mom because she was raising two boys. And in the inner uh, streets of Washington, D.C., the southwest side of D.C., it was important that um, you always had a good rule. You know, we used to call it the golden rule, right? And so, um, I got married. Well, I was an average student in high school. In high school, um, I was able to use my athletic ability to get recruited for football. Um, University of Iowa was one of the uh, scholarships that I re received. 
However, um, I decided to go to a school uh, in upstate New York because of the coach who was a, a Super Bowl MVP, a former NFL player. And he reached out to me and I figured my goal was to go to the NFL. So uh, decided to go to the school. The summer I came to camp, he was forced to resign. Now I could have uh, turned around and, and went on to University of Iowa, but um, I got locked into the culture. Uh, I thought that, that upstate New York was like New York City. So my goal was to party for two years and then get serious. <laughs> but I was surprised when I found uh, nothing but cow patches and wheat farms and um, wasn't much to do but to study. So I got into my major, uh, graduated with a computer science degree. Um, thought for sure that, you know, the road to six figures, soon as I graduate, easy road. Well, found out it wasn't so easy. The year I graduated, um, there was a recession, which was 1990. And uh, before I graduated, uh, ran into some good friends. I was always in the gym, but never knew who they were until we started becoming more friends and, and chatting with them and they were uh, state troopers. And they said to me one Saturday, hey, you need to go take this test. And I said, what, a police test? I said, no, I, me and police don't get along. I never got in trouble, but I'm a computer science major, not a criminal justice major. They said, take it. So I went and took the test and um, scored high. So then it became a challenge. Like, can I, how far can I go with this? Went to the academy, got an opportunity to, um, to, to be a cadet and go to the state police academy and um, learned a lot, you know, learned a lot about what I wanted and what I didn't want. And uh, I was so close to graduating. I said, you know what? Uh, I worked so hard to get this degree. And in the state police, you had to bid your way back to the zone um that 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 was going to school it would have taken me maybe five six years so uh I, I resigned came back to school got my degree and um did some work in the community and then became a, a programmer computer programmer uh, around that time i got married and um shortly after we started having children i have three daughters and uh, I became, a, I was a programmer, but then I became a network engineer because it was a little more stable. I had to do as much learning because every time, you know, with software, you have to learn new code in order to update your software. So I was able to become a network engineer and get certified as a network engineer, which meant more money, you know, wife and three daughters. My, my, my wife was a stay-at-home mom and, um, I thought that was important, but I was missing out on a lot of things and miserable. And uh, they would, you know, the company would send you out to nice places and, you know, they would pay you well. You had a cell phone and a pager. That meant you were important. What it really meant is that they could keep tabs on you Monday through Sunday, right? So I was miserable because I was finding myself leaving events, not being able to get to church, um, celebrating my birthday party from my office with the family coming in and bringing me a cupcake and some balloons. And I said, you know, I'm, 
this is good, but see, there's got to be more. And uh, it really hit me when I was away for two months on a project uh, in New York City. And um, I listened to my middle daughter's first recital. She played the flute and it was her first recital. I listened to it while I was on the train because my wife was at the recital representing me. And I said, money is something you can always make, but time, once time is gone, is gone. I can never get that experience back. So I drew the line in the sand. I was praying and the Lord opened up a door, a vehicle came and I started my business. And a few years later, I went from being a phone home dad to an at-home dad. And it allowed me to be able to see my daughters uh, be involved in school functions, uh, um, concerts, uh, the sports events, graduations, college orientations. And uh, I thank God these three girls now are, I call them the three ladies with the three college degrees without debt and without a loan. And that's not brag on me, but I just know that the God that I serve provides vehicles and answers prayers. And it might not look like what you think it should look, but the ultimate uh, results is that you will be blessed. And I've been truly blessed to have those three daughters uh, get their college degrees and two of them are um, graduating with their masters in the next uh, what, 12 months. Wow, what, a, what an incredible story. And um, you know, there, you just dropped so many gems even in your story. Uh, but um, you know, let me ask you, uh, now that you're able to be a stay-at-home dad, what ha what kind of impact do you think that's had over your on your daughters? Like from what from what you've observed, uh, being at home versus maybe when you weren't at home. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I I know was very impactful is that especially when my you know when my girls were in middle school and and high school, if they forgot their flute, for example, they knew dad could bring the flute out to the school. Um, there have been several occasions where they weren't feeling well. Well, they didn't have to wait around in the nurse's office. They made the phone call and dad came and got them. So there was that sense of uh, resource for them, that sense of a parent is always available to them. And I think that helped them uh, make decisions. It helped them to be a little bit more free, freer in making decisions because they knew that the, the dad and mom was there to support them and that they weren't on their own. And that does a lot for a child um, when they have a sense of um, uh, regiment, a sense of consistency and limitations. They just knew some things they weren't wearing walking out the door and that dad could see what they were wearing. And uh, a couple of cases I have to say, um, where are you going with that? <laughs> Uh, no, mm -mm, go change up. <laughs> so those kind of things, they may seem small, but they're huge because not being there um, could lead to a lot of things. And I just thank God that you put us in a position um, to help them with their self-esteem, uh, be able to pour in them and be a father figure instead of a father image. And I think that's important. Wow, that's so good. A father figure instead of a father image, man. 
And, and, you know, like, I can't even imagine what life could be like if you hadn't been involved like you, you, you have been. So, I mean, I just think that's so admirable and so exciting um, because, you know, not only we're talking about having a life of freedom, but we're talking about why you want to have the life of freedom so that you can, you know, be able to spend time with your family, your kids, and, and just really be involved in their lives. We talk about being able to provide, but we also talk about being able to be there. And one shouldn't sacrifice for the other, but in society, that's typically what happens. And usually it's the time that sacrifices so the money can be made. You know what I mean? But you were blessed to have to do both. Yeah. Yeah, my my mom was a, a great example of, of the sacrifices. She worked two jobs. And my mom, you know, she, she had, now that I'm older and I understand, she worked for the FBI. And she worked for uh, the AFL-CIO. Both of those jobs were huge jobs. So um, we didn't lack anything. Like we lived in, you know, we lived in an apartment, but it was late. I mean, we we had custom-made furniture, paintings, all kind of stuff. Um, But the sacrifice she made was so that we wouldn't want anything. But what we missed was a lot of that 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 time frame that 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 time or that interaction because she typically was at work so when i got home when we got home from school um there was a list of things chores to do that were on the refrigerator and you know then i could go outside and play and that that was important that was good but i knew that if something happened outside mom wasn't home my older brother was home. He's only two years older than me. So it wasn't like, you know, there was an authority figure there. So a lot, sometimes we depended on my best friend's father who lived downstairs and her, his mother, because typically they were home. So um, my mom died when she was, uh, passed away when she was, when I was 10. And I can always remember walking to the store in the conversations or teaching us across the street, a busy street. Um, some of the corrective things that she she taught us uh, as we were kids developing. And those lessons to this day, I'm 53, those lessons I still remember very clearly. So just imagine if we could have multiplied those interactions, those, those, those lessons, right? So that's why time is so important. Invest, invested quality time is very important. Yeah, you just made a good point because, I mean, don't get me wrong, you want to provide, but, I mean, I would almost venture to say in some ways the time is more important than the money, Uh, meaning that if you could be there but maybe make less, it would probably have more impact than making more money and not being there. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. We we have so many examples of that. Look! Look at Serena and and uh, uh, the Williams sisters and Venus. Venus, yes, uh, Serena and Venus. Their dad was there, right? He's the one in Compton, California. He's the one that took him out to the tennis court. He's the one that spent hours. Now I don't know if he had a part-time job or what kind of income stream, but I do know he was there. He was the coach, right? He was the dad. And so he, he was the promoter. So look at the Ball brothers, right? You hate them or like them or not, the father was is there, 
and he was there at the games. He was there during practice and he became their promoters. And I, I say that to say, you're absolutely right, Mr. Bells. Time is, is essential because money can always make, but time once it's gone, it's gone. You can't get it back. I wish I could get my 20s back, right? But they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. So, right. Good stuff. Well, you know, um, tell us a little bit about what having this life of freedom has done for you. I mean, we talked about for your family, but um, what kind of things have you been able to do or just uh, what kind of lifestyle have you been able to kind of live just because you put yourself in position consciously to, to, to go down a path that most people don't go down, but it allows you to have a different lifestyle that most people just don't have? Well, well you, you said it. Go down the path that most people don't go down. So uh, what this lifestyle has allowed me to do is, one, um, meet life on my own terms in terms of life is coming, but I get a chance to meet it at my own terms. So having some autonomy about where I place my values, where I place my, my, uh, my focus, um, that freedom. Les Brown said it. He said, once the minds expand, it never conforms back to where it was. And once you taste freedom, you can't get that taste out of your mouth. So um, it has allowed me to really uh, spend time um, looking at me and developing who I am. It's allowed me to not have the pressures of other people's opinion uh, that controls my actions. Um, it's allowed me to form friends and bonds with people like yourself that are um, so forward thinking that you can't help but to catch up with them because they're thinking ahead, they're thinking in a different way than the way you were taught, the way you were taught in college, the way you were taught in the corporate America. And it just it's, it's a, it's a freer, um, freer, freer experience, right? And I notice that when I'm around other people and I, you know, talk to family and others, sometimes it's like we're on two different levels, two different paths. One is talking about the next job, and the other is talking about how they can empower and protect more people by what they have and what they've been able to acquire. So uh, it, it's it's truly it's truly been a blessing. Good stuff. Uh, that's exciting. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just, um, it's exciting to see that that is possible and that uh, others can live that same life. And that's what we talk about on this uh, podcast all the time. It's just different ways and strategies, but different mindsets. And, and we're not even just talking about freedom, just like in having the time and having the money, but we're talking about every area of your life from health to mental, the physical, all, everything you could think of. We try to talk about those things on this podcast. So you've really been a major gem here with us today. So, um, you know, let me just say, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll kind of end with this last question. Um, I know it wasn't like a straight up and up journey, right? I'm sure there were some ups and downs. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, maybe some tough times or some tough situations you've been in, but uh, but you were able to kind of stay the course and, and it's still, it's allowed you to live this lifestyle because 
I would venture to say it's not easy. I know it's not easy because I, I live the same lifestyle, but uh, if you don't mind talking a little bit about that. Sure. It, you know, there's a great book called The uh, the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, right? And um, it just really speaks about the the ups and downs. And, and I think one of the things that um, uh, is, is, is necessary to understand and it comes through personal development, and that is that there's no reward without sacrifice. That's biblical, right? There's no reward without sacrifice. And when your why is so big, the sacrifice don't really matter. And my why, again, was for my, my kids to be able to go to whatever school they wanted to for college. We've achieved that. Um, now my why is a little bit broader than that. It's another layer. So um, the naysayers, those who, who doubt um, that what you're doing makes sense to them, and uh, one of my business partners, Darnell Self, said this. He said, listen, well, you know, you say yeah, you're a plumber. Your your grand your, your granddad was a plumber. He said, what's wrong with being a plumber? He said, nothing's wrong with being a plumber unless you don't want to be a plumber, right? So I didn't want to be constrained by the rules of corporate politics that determine how I act how I related to my family and how much time I had. So the ups and downs of dealing with people who, who may not agree with the mindset of freedom, um, because without freedom, you know, with freedom comes a lot of responsibilities. With freedom comes a lot of um, challenges, but, you know, it's not worth it if it's easy. Sometimes, well, victories are really based on opposition, right? No opposition, no reward, no wins. So games, I play football. If we didn't have a defense to run against, what we'd be running up and down the field. It wouldn't be competitive. So you got to look at it in terms of these are just levels of climbing the mountain. And um, sometimes it's the internal struggle. That self-talk can really be damaging. So you have to be careful on what you say to others, but more importantly, be very careful on what you say to yourself and um, being around like folks, like-minded, who are positive uh, without losing their identity, right? Not clones, but positive helps you to say, listen, be encouraged. Whatever you're doing, be encouraged. And I, I think that's a key factor um, with this journey, because you're right, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Wow, that's so good. And um, you you just brought to to attention something because you said that with this mindset comes, uh, I'm sorry, with this journey comes responsibility. And and I'll just to share something real quick. I um I was I was with uh we I do a lot of nonprofit work now and just um kind of serving in the community. I've always done that, but uh, just recently uh, someone asked for more male figures to kind of help with some of the young guys that are coming up in some of the you know impoverished neighborhoods. And in my mind, I was thinking, oh man, I don't want to overextend myself. Am I too busy? But then the more she was talking, I was thinking it's a responsibility. Like I have to use this time that I have or make time to have impact on him 
to hit on, on somebody's life, if that makes sense. Um, and so to me, that's a sense of responsibility that I have with this freedom that I have. So I, I just love that you touched on that because it just really brought that to my mind. But, um, but you know, hey, listen, uh, this has been a great episode and um, I would love for some of, some of our listeners to be able to connect with you however you like. So uh, how can our, our listeners to connect with you? Yes, sir. Well, um, I can be uh, reached at, uh, by email at DQ the alpha that's dqt as in tom h as in harry e as in edward a as in alpha l as in lion p as in paul h as in harry a as in alpha dq the alpha at gmail.com i'm also on facebook under the name david d-a-v-i-d quattlebaum q-u-a-t-t-l-e B-A-U-M. And uh, I'm also in LinkedIn under that same name. So um, please Instagram under DQ the Alpha. So please feel free to contact me. Um, I would love to hear from, from your audience. And thank you so much, Mr. Bells, for allowing me this platform to, to kind of share. No problem. You wonder what a wonderful uh, interview this has been. Uh, uh, it's, it's exciting to know that uh, people can go on this journey and they can can see light at the end of the tunnel. So uh, what an example you've been and we appreciate you for sharing. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Well, hey, this is another episode of Code Freedom. This is episode 108 and we can't wait to see you on the next episode. Take care, everyone. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you guys for listening. Um, definitely feel free to take a screenshot of this episode. Tag me in it on Instagram uh, or Facebook or wherever you find me on social media. I would love to give you a shout out. Hey, you might even get a prize. Who knows? But uh, excited that you had a chance to take a listen. I hope you got a lot of value. And uh, definitely feel free to uh, give us five stars as well as a review. Uh, show us some love and we appreciate you. God bless you all and see you all over the top.